Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Story number one. A Patient Man, written by you sure I'm not a robot. The stateroom was beautiful. It was filled with relics of a thousand species that had fallen beneath the claws of his people. The Emperor was tired of it. Tired of the endless procession of his honored ancestors and the victories. At this point, it was just aggravating. He sat slowly at his desk and nodded to the guards. Bring him in and fetch the ceremonial blade. I think the chef is using it. The creature that was dragged in had suffered many beatings and days of isolation. It was a twisted mess, pale pink, scaleless, and shaking on the pitiful legs. It was hold and sprawled on his floor. The emperor sat back and sneered. Did you even earn a name? What are you called? So that we may laugh about you in our sagas. Sergeant Aragon was a patient man, and he had had enough. His men were absent, and he had been beaten for days. They secured him too well to do anything but speak. His hands and legs locked by the same unbreakable chain, and his collar and constant threat. A single command away from death. Now he had been dragged in front of the head lizard, or whatever they were, and they wanted him to weep. They wanted a name, and he would give it a name to remember. He struggled to stand with his legs locked together until one of the guards roughly grabbed his arm and dragged him upright. He checked his balance and spoke. I have a name that'll live longer than yours. You stand on top of a dung heap and call yourself a king. You came after the least of us, the young, the innocent. I have learned that this is normal for your people to raid for eggs and mates, but that is not how it works around humans. You should have looked a little harder before you attacked us, Egg Thief. What name would you have me carry to your grave? The Emperor hissed and then stopped himself from lashing out, silently organizing how this creature would die. You're bound as a slave and will die as one. A single word from me is your death. Give me your name if you have one, or die nameless. I care not which. You are here for a more important questions. He nodded to the guard that had recovered the ceremonial blade. This is question a blade forged from the blood of traitors. We recover the iron from their blood and quench it in their bodies. The blade that is so fine that it can remove a limb with a single hand depending on the answer. Today it wants to speak to you. Aragorn wondered what fool god had put him in a chain and unarmed against someone that was so obviously an idiot. He had spent weeks feverish and sweating in his camp until these bastards had finally turned up. The fever had broken in the cold, dang cell that they had thrown him into as they congratulated themselves on catching a big bad human alive. So you're telling me that it's a piece of crap that any half-assed blacksmith would throw away? You know as much about weapons as you do about humans. Ask your questions. I have nothing to hide. Then I'm gonna kill you. 
he looked around at the guards. Probably. The emperor did hiss this time and pressed the button in his hand. Watching the slave collar contracted. The human remained standing as the air was cut from his lungs and he became even paler than something already dead. Finally, it fell back to its knees. He released the pressure and enjoyed the gasping breaths of the thing whose life he'd held in his hand. To threaten me is an automatic sentence of death. Not that it matters, since you are just another illegal alien on my world. Aragon waited for the oxygen to return to his lungs and ignored the pain. This was no worse than training. The helpful guards picked him back up and pushed him forward. He moved even closer to the Emperor, and no one seemed to notice. You want a name? I'm called Soldier, I'm called Sergeant, and I'm called Human. Above all, I'm called a patient man. The Emperor didn't care to even listen. Instead, he held up the device in his hand and waved it at him. I need to know why you were there. What were you doing in my country? How did you find my people? Why? Aragorn shrugged. Someone had to find you. The Xenos are too weak for the trip. We owed you for the raid on our colony, and I was willing to put up with the poison, at least for a while. I'll probably get the medal. The Emperor cursed. Speak clearly. Nothing you say makes sense. What poison? Guards, hold him and bring me the blade. I'll take him apart while he babbles. Aragorn laughed. What poison? The isotopes that I had to ingest to be a tracker. They have some nasty side effects like nausea and fever. The upside is that my people can track them for freaking ever. I know my men, and they have been scanning this whole freaking planet to fight you. I just needed to wait. Waiting is a real pain, along with the beatings. The best bit is that it doesn't matter if you kill me. It's too late. The Emperor raised his blade. Too late for what, scum? Too late to kill you myself. I didn't know humans would kill themselves, but that is useful to know. So many names, human. What will I put on your grave? Aragon smiled. Bait. The Emperor began to work it out and lowered the blade, turning to his men. As he spoke, Aragon lurched forward at the creature and bit deep into its neck. Humans might not be on the top ten for piercing bite on Earth, but out here they were the top of any food chain they decided to join. He managed to tear through the scales and the neck muscles before cutting into the main artery. Blood began splattering him and the room, then the explosions began behind him. His recon squad stepped carefully into the room, seeing the corpses of a few slaver guards and a lot of blood. It didn't look human. That disgusting shade of red that was so proud of. Corporal's cyst moved to avoid getting any more of it on his feathers. They found the sergeant passed out behind the desk over the body of the emperor. The squad looked at each other and silently decided that no one would ever discuss what had happened here. The emperor had obviously been shot in the throat. That was going to be the only report ever made. Assist took the hated knife from his back and used it to cut through the bindings of the naked sergeant. He shook his beak. These people need to learn how to handle humans. They should never have let him get that close. One of the squad mates snorted. You mean, uh, like we do? End of story.
Story number two, A Stitch in Time, written by You Sure I'm Not a Robot. Einstein was a bastard. He carefully ruled out all the ways that you could mess around with time, despite generations of scientists doing the best to prove him wrong. We were stuck. Without being able to alter the relative passage of time, we could never get near even to our closest celestial neighbor. Even the best speed it would take 160,000 years to get there and back again. It was with these thoughts that Professor Regal Stump drank away the late evening. He had spent his career carefully finding the limits of the question of time. That had been his thesis some 40 years earlier. Finally, he had an answer. The answer was no. No way around, no shortcuts, no way to reverse it or speed it up unless you could convert an object into quantum particles, which you couldn't. On his desk at 3,000-year-old pot, a small one, it held his pens. It reminded him of the inevitable passage of time. Even the empire that made it was lost. In a very drunken moment, he emptied it out on his desk, poured whiskey in it, saluted the old gods killed by time, and drank. Then he quietly passed out in his armchair. The dim light suffused the room. Enki set foot on Earth for the first time in many, many years. He regarded this new worshipper. His glance reached at the whiteboard covered in familiar maths. Ha! No wonder the good doctor had sent up a prayer. Stuck, as so many were. On the real world, so many never got past this point. Still, honor had been given to him. He was allowed some small intervention. He wrote the mathematical description later known as the needle on the board. Unfamiliar with the etiquette of whiteboards, he simply carved it in place with a thought. Professor Stump awoke in his armchair. Again, this was the end of his hopes. He would go and face his students and try to hide his despair. Perhaps they would find something that he couldn't. He would face his colleagues and tell them that he would not be publishing again. Then he would retire. Then he saw the whiteboard. He later described the moment. I had worked the problem to its logical end. No loopholes, no way round. Then I saw what I had carved into the whiteboard. My subconscious must have been screaming the answer. I have spoken to many psychologists and fellow physics professors, and they say that this sort of thing happens. Apparently, Einstein had a moment or two himself. Enki returned to the Abzu house. His people had ascended many thousands of years ago. Every so often, they would spot someone new pop up in the universe. Sometimes they gave them a head start, sometimes they didn't. The rules were so old, no one even remembered what they were. But you could still answer a request or give someone a nudge. With any luck, they might have some new neighbors in a few thousand years. Something to look forward to. That was rare when eternity stretched ahead of you. The Regal Drive was developed within a century. No one wanted to use his surname for it. The needle ships began leaving the Earth. With time under control, mankind could finally see the stars. Colony ships, explorers, and neuroduels had the universe to play with. Two thousand years later, mankind had established an empire. The needle ships jumped from one end of the universe to the other. It was filled with life, mostly moss. Still, where there's life, there's hope. 
Any world that showed a hint of possibility was left strictly alone. Mankind lived mostly between the stars now, occasionally establishing a new world, mostly just flying about with the enthusiasm of a sugar-filled toddler. Deep in the Andromeda galaxy was a, uh, to be honest, a middling university on a middling world some 12,000 years later. A professor at Depth Harmony, Department of Science History, was looking at the same whiteboard. It didn't happen. He simply can't get from there to here. That isn't his handwriting. Also, God, who does that? Something else happened. I need to know what. This was the start of the question that had come to dominate her field. After several robust discussions, one involving a hand grenade, her position became an official position. The question then became, who gifted the universe to mankind? At least they knew someone else was out there. 8,000 years later, and the first human ascended. They were delighted to meet Enki, who still had fond memories of Earth. Loki looked around, a familiar rumor. A shaman out of his head on the local fungi. Mankind liked these odd lizard types. Time these guys figured out the compass. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.